Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host for NABWIC Talks, and we have a great show lined up for you today with one of our strategic partners. And um, I will be speaking with Ritu Jahal. She's the director of Orlando MBDA Business Center. And the business center is located in Orlando, Florida, and is operated by the Florida State Minority Supplier Development Council. The center is a part of a national network of funded centers located in major cities throughout the United States. The center works with minority business enterprises to generate increased financing and contract opportunities and to create and retain jobs. As for the program director, Ms. Jahan is an accomplished business professional with a specialization in the finance industry. Her finance and marketing skills are derived from over 15 years of experience in banking, investments, and insurance sectors. After graduating from York University, Ms. Jahan began her career in insurance and on the property and casualty side of the business. She progressed from the manager of direct marketing to group account manager for the Cooperators Insurance Company, where she managed a portfolio of group insurance clients valued at over $160 million in premiums. More recently, she was the director of business development at the RMP Group, where she is responsible for detailed financial analysis and valuation of acquisition opportunities. She also assisted in the preparation of legal and marketing documents and managed the due diligence timeline for acquisitions. The focus of Ms. Jahan's work has been on the growth of minority women and disabled veteran supply chain companies. She's also led a special initiative focused on the niche social enterprises impacting the Caribbean. Leveraging leveraging her unique experience, she aims to lead the way for further development of MBE and WBE in the the Central Florida region. So, 
At this point, I'd like to say good morning, and wow, what an experience you have. So good morning again, and tell us about yourself. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be on the show. Um, and so much for, um, you know, rhyming off my accolades. I think, um, you know, after 15 years or 15 year plus years of work, you, you've definitely earned your stripes. So um, thank you for sharing that with the listeners. And just to give you, um, the listeners, a little bit more background, um, I myself uh, am Canadian. I grew up in Canada. I went to York University in Toronto, um, studied anthropology and communications there, and then found myself in the insurance industry, worked my way up the corporate ladder into business development, and was managing multiple RFPs, RFQs, RFIs, uh, working in, in between different departments and putting collectively information together to go win bids. So that somewhat prepared me for this role that I'm in now where I have the understanding of how it is for businesses to go out there and solicit new business, whether it's with the government, local government, and or commercial construction, and having to bid on multiple projects, whether you're a sub or a prime in in this space. Um, So yeah, that that, uh, was a little bit of my journey. Fast forward, after I worked in insurance in Canada, I moved down to Florida and attended uh, Rollins College to pursue my MBA. And post-graduation, I started working for an investment group that went out and purchased trucking and packaging companies. And because uh, my boss, you know, my former boss was Jamaican and uh, we purchased these businesses, we made them a minority-owned business. So we learned how to go through the certification process with the FSMSDC, which is a branch of the National Minority Supplier Development Council, which some of the listeners may be familiar with. And if you're not familiar with them, I'm sure some of the listeners are familiar with at least getting certified as a minority or woman-owned business on a county, state, um, or or city level, you know, in order to get the, that certification and, and be ready for those bids. So, again, you know, going back to my insurance days, I'm familiar with preparing RFPs, RFIs, RFQs, and then fast forward, I was ready to get all of our businesses in our portfolio certified as minority businesses. So again, I've learned the certification route. And here I am now in this um, position as the director for the Minority Business Development Agency as the center director, where I now can impart my knowledge and wisdom in both RFQ management as well as certification processes and getting financing, because finance, again, was part of my background in my former career, in my former job, um, and helping these businesses get equipped to take on new contracts, whether they're with the government or with the Fortune 500. So I'm excited. As well you should be. <laughs> That's quite a bit. Um, but I want to consider the um, makeup of NAVWIC. We have people that are everywhere from just walking in the door, just starting a business, to um, building airports. And that means that there's a, a, a wide range of, the, of need for this kind of information. So if you could break it down to what you would consider your keys to success for someone that's just being introduced to the whole process, why do they want to do it, um, what things they should focus on as they begin to, to approach that process, and then mm-hmm. what are some opportunities for the big hitters? 
Okay, great. So let's start with the with the new the newbies. Um, I would definitely say that you know first of all, if you haven't already become a member of Novelic, um, you know you should definitely surround yourself with a peer group and an organization like Novelic that can assist you in having an understanding of how the industry works. And then fast forward, you know, shameless plug here, but find an organization like the MBDA uh, that helps minority businesses gain access to government contracts. So the genesis of our organization was started during the Richard Nixon era, and it was mainly to support the growth of minority women and disabled veteran businesses in gaining access to government contracts. Richard Nixon, the president at the time, realized that, you know, here we are collecting taxes from all these citizens in the U.S., but when it comes to government spending, there's not enough diversity in the supplier base. So definitely um, an organization like ours, which advocates for more diversity in the supplier base, is well-equipped to help you um, gain access to those government contracts. And I can touch on that a little later when I talk about the the center's resources. Um, Another very quick, um, well, it's actually probably not that quick, but it's going to take some time to, to really digest. But one of my tips for all businesses, whether you're in construction, engineering, architecture, IT, is get really familiar with the RFPs and the RFQs and the ITBs that come out. You should literally print one out and take another blank piece of paper and cover Uh, the page up and go line by line by line through this 30, 40, 50 page RFP, RFQ, ITB, whatever it may be, and really try and understand and digest it. It's an important exercise because if you can't go through one of these proposals and uh, these requests for information, um, then you're, you're, you're building your own roadblock. You really need to understand what these businesses are looking for and how detailed of information you're going to, how granular you're going to have to get when you're putting a proposal out. And as a new business owner, that is a very good mental exercise that you should put yourself through. It's grueling. It might take you a whole weekend. You may need a whiteboard to put ideas up or put questions up and, and come back to later and do some more research on. But once you've gone, to, gone through two or three of these RFPs and RFQs line by line, you will then generally know how these requests or proposals are laid out and how to tackle them effectively. So that would be my, my tip for the newbies. Um, because if you're not willing to go through that process, then you're, you're, you're really being the biggest roadblock to yourself. Um, for the existing and the experienced members that are out there, um, you know, I think that you know, partnership with smaller subs, um, you know, lending, a, lending a hand and paying it forward um, is very important. There's a lot of women that are coming up in the ranks here. Um, and now that we have you know, a lot of baby boomers in this space retiring, um, we should equip more women with the right skill set and knowledge base and connections. I think network is the biggest thing. Um, Help the newbies come up and network. And that will only help you in the long run because if you're not already succession planning for your own business um, and you, you, there's no, you know, heirs to the throne per se, um, there's definitely a lot of sharing and learning that you can do with uh, new businesses that are popping up. Well, as you answered that, I could, reminded me that 
the first one that I responded to and was awarded, I sought the assistance of a friend of mine, and that person actually gave me a copy of one that had been successful for him. And I found that that, that relieved some of the fear of, of, of the unknown because I saw what it looked like when it was completed. And um, so adding to that what you just said, I, I, I see where, where that would work is to go line by line and then especially if you have something to compare it to where someone actually responded to some of the questions that were being asked of me. Um, now you talked about resources and going into what, what resources are available. Uh, go ahead and share with us what, what you offer. Um, sure. And we actually, um, sure, and we actually have um, an offer for the not uh, the sorry. <laughs> I'm going to take a step back. I'm not going to get into that one yet, but we, we do have a promotional package that we're going to offer to some of the listeners today who are members of the organization. Um, but uh, in terms of resources here at the center, um, I, I would start first and foremost with um, just education. You know, we actually launched a new program this year called the 7J uh, training, which educates minority businesses on how to gain access to government contracts. We've done webinars and in-person workshops with minority business enterprises and walked them through each of the steps on how to get an 8A certification, a you know hub zone certification, how to self-certify as a woman-owned business on the government, federal government site, which federal government sites to go to. You know, and now that there's a merge happening with a lot of the sites going into Beta Sam, how to then go through Beta Sam and um, look at the different opportunities that are there. So there is a lot that we're doing in terms of education. Um, I'm also hosting a number of different webinars this year. Uh, one is on access to capital. Uh, another one is on cybersecurity and what you need to know if you ever do get a government contract, like where your security measures for your computer needs to, uh, and, and the information that you're sharing needs to be. Um, we're also doing another one on, and this is an important one, on the common pitfalls of construction contracts. Um, on staff, we have a lawyer here who has been, who's had his own construction company um, and has helped a lot of minority businesses, especially as subs, get paid adequately and on time when in their contract, it states a certain time frame for payment, but it's common that that time frame gets stretched out. So, you know, we do have the resources here at the center to help you um, on, on your journey of starting your construction business, but also to help in case there's anything that goes wrong. And I think that's an important uh, resource for the, for the women that are out there listening today because a lot of times when you're, when you're faced with these contract disputes, you don't know who to turn to, and you don't want to spend an enormous amount of money uh, trying to figure out if this is worth fighting for. Um, so we do have resources here in the center that do that. So aside from education, we have consultants. Um, we have specialty consultants that can help you with an RFP, an RFQ. Um, those are fee-based services, so you do have to pay for, for that assistance. Um, and a lot of time, a lot of this information is coming from the company, so we work with you to put the package together, but it's more so for us to look over and compare it to what is in the RFP and RFQ to make sure that you're adequately responding to this RFP, RFQ. 
As I mentioned, we do have a lawyer on staff as well who can help with contract issues and point out and review a contract for you and to see if it's even worth you pursuing um, if, the, if the agreements in the contract are not you know, working to your benefit and what uh, some red flags may be in the contract that you're looking at. Would you go further on that for me? Because when you were talking about, when you mentioned disputes, or uh, what does that look like? What are some of the kinds of things that are disputed? So, um, so in terms of some of the things that are disputed is definitely payment terms and timelines. Um, as we know, a lot of subs are, um, you know, we've had, uh, okay, an example would be that uh, we had a, a Hispanic um, drywall company, and they're the last ones to touch you know, the building. And so therefore, they're the last ones to get paid. Sometimes they're not paid adequately. Sometimes uh, they weren't paid on time. With, and they've experienced this before. But um, it's a matter of having the right lawyer to draft the right demand letter to ensure that you get paid on time. And so that's what we've had to assist with in the past is with a drywall company and a painting company that wasn't paid adequately or on time. And we had to fight for their funds to come in sooner because as small businesses, you don't have, you don't always have access to those working line, um, lines of credit. Um, you don't have a revolving cash flow at all times. So it's important that these small businesses get paid on time. Um, so that, so that's one of the examples that I can provide. And that's why we're hosting a webinar later this year on the common pitfalls of construction contracts to really know how to read through these things and make sure that you're, you're adequately covered for, for these um, unforeseeable issues. And in fact, that leads into the question that I had rolling around in my head too. Uh, it's two parts. One, if you're getting a contract for the first time and you're dealing with the government, and let's say that it's your dream contract, it may be huge or it may not be, but if you've never been through this process and you've just been awarded something, um, what is that experience like? And then um, what are some of the horror stories? Because I've heard uh, people not being able to or not they're not capable of actually following through on what they've just gotten. So both the good and the bad of, of that first contract. Mm -hmm. So going back to some of the resources that we have um, here at the center, one is also getting certification and we help with a certification process. We do not certify ourselves, but we help you get certification with a day hub zone, FSMSCC, um, city, state, uh, county and so on and so forth. And once you get those certifications, that really puts you in a playing position to be awarded some of these contracts. But it's not guaranteed. And I want to make sure that the listeners hear that. That just because you have a certification doesn't mean that people are going to be throwing you know, um, contracts at you, especially the government. The government wants to see a track record. So most of the time, even if you get these certifications, you'll be starting off as a sub. And that's sometimes where you run into a lot of these um, you know, contract agreement disputes because you're a sub under a prime. You're not necessarily working directly for the government or the prime on the contract for the government. You're working with the, the prime contractors and you're a sub under them. So your dispute is often with the prime contractors, not with the government. Um, and just to state for the record, the federal government is actually very good at paying on time and paying in full uh, for the work that is done. However, as you mentioned, if you don't do the work adequately, 
that's where you're going to run into a lot of problems. If you are fortunate enough to get certified, whether it's as a woman-owned business, um, a disabled veteran business, an 8A, a hub zone business, and you do become the prime on a government contract, especially a federal government contract, and you fail to deliver, you're putting yourself in a really, really difficult position because once you're on that um, strike-through list where people have been um, put into like the, the poor performance box, it's going to be really, really hard for you to ever gain back that government contract or that position in being a prime in a government contract. So that is why there's a lot of vetting and there's a lot of um, mentor-protege programs that are out there with some of these certifications. For example, with the 8A certification, which is that you are under a certain income bracket, you're a disadvantaged business, and you've been discriminated against, and you have to demonstrate that those have all happened to you, and that's where you get awarded the 8A certification. There's a mentor-protege program, and in that program, you have eight to nine years to maximize the utility of that certification. So for those of you who are not familiar with it, I do recommend that you become, you sign up with the MBDA, and we can take you through our government training program, and we can educate you more on this 8A certification. But in short, you have eight, 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 eight to nine years to maximize the utility of that program, and, if, and you should be ready before even getting that certification to, to maximize it. So the two years prior, you need to have two to three years prior work experience um, and profit, uh, ideally profitability in your business before you even apply for the 8A certification. And in that two to three years, you should be working with existing 8A certified construction companies that can help be a mentor to you and you're a sub under them so that you have that government work experience. And so once you get that certification, you're already on the track for success to maximize the utility of that certification. Um, and just to let you know, you have to have less than $250,000 net worth in order to qualify for this certification. And if you hit a, I believe, a $20 million um, net worth throughout the certification, you've already maximized your utility of it. So it's either year or net worth that makes you, years that have gone by or net worth that makes you graduate from the program. So is that personal net worth or business net worth? Net worth. Personal net worth. Personal. Okay. Um, at this point, we're going to take a, a break, go to commercial, and allow people to realize that they can call in and ask questions as well. And, and for some of us to digest what you just said, because it's been quite a bit of wonderful information. Okay. So we're going to a break, <laughs> and then on the, on the other side, we'll entertain questions. Not a problem. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. 
word. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Welcome back to Navwick Talks, and we are having a wonderful conversation with Ritu Jahan, and she's director of the Orlando MBDA Business Center. What a wealth of information. And as the commercial said, if you'd like to join the conversation, just press 1 on your phone. Now, I, you know, in the commercial it talked about the fact that NABWIC deals with young people as well, um, up-and-coming, aspiring contractors. Um, do you work with the young people, and what kinds of programs do you have available for the aspiring business owners? Um, so most recently we actually launched an, a program called the Enterprising Women of Color and we launched it at the beginning of this year here in Orlando with the MBDA national uh, representatives. Uh, Henry Childs and, and Jethita Hernandez came down from Washington. It was a great event. We had Vivica Fox come and speak um, and inspire the women. We had representatives from Facebook and Coca-Cola and a panel on women um, breaking barriers here in, in Central Florida come and talk to to the attendees. So, so we do host events like that where we want to inspire the next generation of women business leaders. And through that program, I'm actually proud to announce that we are offering NABWIC a special opportunity to become members of the MBDA Center. So in following with our Enterprising Women of Color initiative, uh, we are offering uh, one month of you know, 7J training, review of your capability statement, as well as Dodge training. Dodge is actually a database for construction that we have access to, and we can share with you the resources that we have and how to navigate them. Um, and, uh, you know, the total package value of that is about $1,500, but we're offering it for one month for free. And if you choose to become a member um, in honor of women, uh, Women's History Month and our Enterprising Women of Color initiative, um, we would be giving a discounted rate to become an annual member of the MBDA. So there's a multitude of ways that we're trying to engage um, women of color, younger women who are starting off in this space to become members of our organization so we can help you get the right resources for the, the 7J federal procurement training, um, sprucing up your capability statements and preparing your um, capability statements for best uh, utility when you're going to these events and networking with people, as well as Dodge. If you haven't already exposed yourself to Dodge, I encourage you to go and Google it and see for yourself what a what an amazing platform it is. On an hourly basis, they're constantly putting up new construction bids all across North America. Um, everything from water, wastewater construction, you know, hydroelectricity construction, cell towers, um, uh, commercial construction, hospital construction, you name it. They're, they're posting all of these jobs up there, and it's, um, it's a great platform. It is expensive, and that's why we have it internally, and we offer that as part of the package to members of our organization so we can, we can sort of scour the database for them and search for them, hunt for them, and send them some bids that are relevant to them. Okay, we have a question um, from one of our listeners. And before we do, I have a question about the time frame for the offer that you have. 
is that for the mm-hmm. month of March? I mean, March. Whenever yeah. anybody is listening to this, if it's still in March of 2020, they can take advantage of what you just said. Yes. So from it's now, March 8th, which is International Women's Day, and it'll end on March 30th. 30th. If you sign up before March 30th, you'll get the discounted rate of being a member. But you can use our services between March 8th and March 30th. And because this is on demand, people can hear it well beyond that. What about those that missed it? What what can they do? They can always engage with us, but they would be paying the the, the full price for the membership, which is anywhere from two hundred and fifty dollars to a thousand dollars based on your revenue. Okay. All right. So for the question, good morning. I believe I know who this is. <laughs> Yes, good morning. Such uh, a wealth of information. Thank you so much. I just had a quick question, too, and it's regarding the same thing. As far as the support services, whether we take advantage of the uh, free months or become a member, is that um, are those usually done in person, virtual, or a combination of both? A co- definitely a combination of both. I'm sorry, what's your name? Uh, I'm sorry. My name is Jackie Perry. Jackie, thank you for listening this morning. Um, Pleasure to speak with you. So we do offer, uh, for those people who are in the Central Florida area between Tampa to Jacksonville and in between, if they want to come to our center and meet with us face-to-face, you are more than welcome to do so. We are a business center, and we encourage you to come and meet with us. Um, However, if it is too taxing and you're too busy, we can always set up a um, a go-to meeting or a Zoom meeting with you so we can at least get the virtual touch and see you virtually face-to-face, um, and so you know who you're engaging with. And I, I, I believe that we should leverage technology to our maximum to engage with our clients, so I'm always happy to hop on a Zoom or a go-to meeting and connect with you virtually. Um, and if that's even too much, we can always do it over the phone. The 7J training will be a webinar, and that webinar will be on the 17th, I think. I'll send the dates out in an email, but um, let me just double-check here. Um, it's, it's all going to happen between um, the 8th and the uh, 30th of, of March. So the 7J training is actually going to be on the 17th, like I said, in the morning. And then the Dodge training will happen on the 20th in the afternoon. And in between there, you can always call um, and or email us and set up an appointment so that we can go over your capability statement and do a review of it. And if you don't have a capability statement, we can help you put one together. So those are the three things that we're offering um, for, for the people who are coming aboard during Women's History Month and under this Enterprising Women of Color initiative. Wow. Thank you so and much. Jackie, I'm you... of Jacksonville, Northeast Florida. So um, I'm very excited to hear about the opportunities and the, be able to take advantage of them. So thank you. And thank you. Before you before you go, explain to our audience who you are, Jackie. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I was trying, hopefully you're not getting too much background noise, but I um, I am a member of NABWIC. I have been so for the past uh, five years, maybe more. And um, I do own a couple of businesses, J. Perry and Associates Business Consulting Company and a tech company called Data Architect. But I'm very much involved with NAVIC. I love this mission. Uh, I love the, the women, the sisterhood, and all these wonderful resources you get as a part of being a NAVIC member. 
but I'm also a chair of our marketing and communications team. So, you know, we look after our network brand and uh, make sure that, uh, you know, all the promotional things happen uh, with NABWIC. And one of the things we're going to do is certainly we're going to uh, promote the show <laughs> all to it Women's History Month, again, because there's just such fabulous opportunities that you're sharing with us today. And once again, we just want to thank you for being our guest and, and doing that on our behalf. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And thank you. At this point, what I'd like you to do is you never know what um, you haven't asked. So if there's something that you would like to share that maybe I didn't ask you that you know needs to be put out there, um, feel free. Um, You know, I think I've um, said a lot about, you know, tips in regards to preparing yourself, especially as a newcomer into this industry of how to really um, own the knowledge base, you know, and, and you agreed with me as well, you know, going through those RFPs, RFQs, RFIs and, and comparing them or having a mentor to at least give you one that has been awarded to them so you know what a winning RFP looks like is so critical. So finding the right mentor, finding the right resources to best equip you in your new journey um, of navigating this women in construction space is so vital. So I encourage you to make those connections and joining an organization like NABWIC will allow you to do that. So to the new listeners out there that are not part of the organization, um, it, you know, if we don't build this sisterhood and support one another, we're going to be left out of the game for sure. Um, and there's another reason why I say this is because a lot of the government contracting, you know, if they don't find a minority, a woman or a disabled veteran to give some of these set aside, what I call set, what is known as set aside contracts, just so you, everybody knows and the listeners know, you know, if the government is going out with a new contract and it's about like, let's say a $100 million construction contract, it's a federal procurement contract, they actually have what is known as a mandatory set-aside. And it's 20 to 25%, somewhere in between there, that of the $100 million that is put towards this project, 20 to 25 million needs to go towards minorities, disabled veteran and women-owned businesses. And if they can't find at least two, you know, to compete for this, they sometimes just give it to the prime and tell the prime to figure it out. And then it get, and women minorities and, um, and disabled veterans get left out of the equation. So you have to understand that even though you're um, another female construction company, you could look at them as a competitor, but sometimes they're an ally. So at least if two of you apply to these federal contracts, one of you is bound to win. You know, so you have to have that network. And I think NAVWIC provides that. And so if we don't work, like I said to, before, as this sort of sisterhood, supporting one another and encouraging one another to bid um, on these contracts, you know, a, a win for one is a win for all in this situation because we're so underrepresented in this space. And I think that there should be more women collaborating and working together on, on initiatives like this. So definitely build that peer group, have that, and then really understand and have your financial controls in place. If there's another piece of advice I would give, um, in my previous life I worked where I would go and look at businesses to acquire and the worst would always be when I walked into a business and they didn't have financial controls in place. They didn't have their proper, you know, receivables 
uh, report done or payables report done. They didn't have their net working capital calculated on a weekly basis, and they they their their financials were in disarray. You know, they didn't have their proper quarterly. Um, tax filings or their annual tax filings prepared and there was a lot of information missing uh, between the financial information in, in between all the financial information and all the documents so you know really having a a a great reporting process in regards to your financials and and how your bank accounts and your financials and your your payables are set up is very important like we won't look at a business and no bank will even invest or, or, or provide you with um, debt capital if you don't have clear delineation in regards to how you're spending and which credit cards. You can't be using your personal credit cards on a business. You, know, you need to have that delineation and it needs to be clear so that the banks and the, and the investors and the people who are providing you with networking capital and, and these lines of credits can have a clear understanding of how your, your cash flows are working. Wow. <laughs> so the only thing left at this point, I believe, is for you to let them know how to reach you. So how best sure. can the audience contact you? Sure. Um, well, you know, the first place to look is our website. It's M for Mother, B for Boy, D for Donald, A for Apple, MBDA, OrlandoCenter.com. That is our website. You can go there and learn more about the organization. Our information is up there. Our phone number in case you want to call and make an appointment to get set up for this initiative that we're starting for International Women's Month and our Enterprising Women of Color initiative. Our phone number is 407 251 7021. Again, 407 251 7021. If you're in the Orlando area and you want to pop by, our office is near um, is near Florida Mall. Uh, it's on the uh, pretty much between um, OBT and Sand Lake and John Young in Sand Lake. Uh, we are at 8251 Presidents Drive, Orlando, Florida, 32809. So if you look us up and look at our website, uh, again, mbdaorlandocenter.com, just go there, and all our information is there. You can find us, set up an appointment, come in and talk to us during this month for this initiative for NOBWIC and the Enterprising Women of Color Initiative. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, and I hope... uh, your audience learned a lot today. <laughs> I'm sure they did. And I tell you what, they probably learned from listening, but if you're like me, you'll probably come back and listen over and over and over again because you dropped so many nuggets in here. It's just incredible. It's it's the sort of thing where some of it I can benefit from and then others I won't understand, won't understand until later. Like they, the songs mm-hmm. that you'll understand it better by and by. Well, you did a lot. I mean, you provided a lot that's a buy-and-buy type of information. So thank you so much. All right, to our well, listening again, audience. Oh, you're welcome. To our listening audience, hey, this is what it's about. We learn from our partners. We learn from those that are members, and that includes you. If you're a member, this is a resource that you can use in order to share the information about what you do. And this is why you should join because this is what you get, a lot of great information. And again, I am Ursula Odom, your host for Navwick Talks, 
and we look forward to another great show next week. So join us. Take care. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.